you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Twitch Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Let's give that like a 65% woo. Like a woo! Nice win. Um, I think they figured some things out there in the, uh, in the third period. I like how they were opportunistic in the third period. What is going on with my stream right now? It'll settle in, guys. I'm sorry if it's a little choppy. Uh, I thought they were good and opportunistic in the third period. I think there's some things to build on, and I think it's um, a good sign to be able to end up beating a team by, like, a final score that probably should have been the final score. Like, 4-2, 5-2 is about what it should have been. Devils get that one late, and I am upset. I am disappointed in that third goal the Devils scored. Um, I wanted to see them finish the game strong. Uh, it was just kind of a uh, shitty way to end giving up that last goal there. But I liked um, the way they were opportunistic in the third, and I thought they created some chances throughout. Um, you know, some when JVR does his job, that's a good thing. Uh, the power play, the uh, Jesus, this stream. Okay, I think it's straightening out. Uh, I thought the power play, you know, especially early, it, it's it's huge when that power play comes through, as you can see. Like, without the power play tonight, they don't win. Um, JVR doing his job is a great sign. JVR's number one job is to score goals on the power play. And that was uh, that was important tonight. I was happy to see it. A lot of people talking about Giroux saw a lot of comments throughout the game that he looked quick on his skates tonight. Another good sign. Maybe they're starting to round into form. I am going to kind of treat the beginning of this season still like um, like it's a little bit preseason. Obviously, the coach has some things to figure out. The team needs to get itself into shape as well. However, it's starting to be time where it's not that anymore. Like, yes, it might be the whole month of January where we just see these wild swings, uh, the inconsistency, um, that you can kind of chalk up the early season stuff, but uh, against a team like the Devils, you're supposed to come out and dominate. Game was a little closer. Uh, then you'd like, they got to just figure out a way not to let these leads up. I, I realize, like, all right, a 2-2 game that you win in the third period, not bad, and it's not the worst thing in the world uh, to come pull away in the third period like they did, but... They have to do a better job of holding these leads. They have to do a better job of getting the puck out of their own end and finding some coverage. Like, they get so lost puck watching. Why is there always a guy open? It feels like opponents are constantly on the power play because there's always somebody opened, like, in or around the slot. It's just, there's always a trailer coming free. There's always someone who squeaks loose that they didn't pick up on. I don't know... They just have to get it cleaned up, and I, I'm still optimistic that they will, but um, I, I don't want to be too negative because, again, they won. When they get two points, that's what you need. You need to just get into the playoffs and make your noise there and hope the big guys come through in the playoffs. But all that said, it's the fucking Devils. Like, I know, you know, Devils come in with seven points. Maybe they've been a little better than people were expecting, but, like, people were expecting them to be one of the worst teams in the league, and I still think they are. Um, just not a... Not a great all-around effort, but some good stuff to build on, I'd say. Um, 
you know, as many negatives as there were positives. But look, let's look at some positives here. Like I said, power play does its job, which means, at least early, like, yes, the momentum swung on a killed penalty. But when JVR gets, you know, two, uh, you know, what? Yeah, basically back to yeah back to back uh, power play goals. He's got four and five goals on the season. Okay, power play did its job. Two goals. There you go. You kind of gotta hold that lead. I realize the momentum's always gonna swing the other way. No one dominates for sixty minutes. Everyone always says, "Oh, you gotta control play for sixty minutes." That's impossible. But you do need to not let the other team like you're up to nothing. And somehow the Devils, they kill a penalty, congratulations, but then they tie the game. Like, that just can't happen. You can't let these leads slip away. Now, again, proud of them for coming out and uh, doing what they're supposed to do and winning in the third. I thought that was a formula for this team, uh, what they lack in a true superstar. They have the offensive depth, even with some injuries. And after they come at you in waves upon waves... Um, eventually the dam breaks, and it did again tonight. That was good to see. They forced some turnovers, and it's not like I say they were opportunistic, but you have to force the turnovers a lot of the time to be opportunistic, and they did that. Uh, one thing that did kind of concern me a little, though, I saw even in the third period, like the fourth line comes out, wins a shift, gets a shot, gets a scoring chance. Um, shift even ends in the offensive zone a couple of times, and then they don't build on that momentum. Like, it seems as if the momentum is starting to swing one way, and then two shifts go by where the Devils still kind of are controlling things. I would like to see them just be able to, like, string together some shifts. Uh, and they did late, and that's how they end up adding on to their lead and everything, and that's that's wonderful. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not—it's the sign of a good team when they win, and the score appears convincing, and we're not convinced— it, it speaks to our expectations. It speaks to what this team can truly be. And for that reason, I'm optimistic. But there are things that need addressing. Like, they don't have six NHL defensemen. Um, they just, man, like, uh, I don't want to beat up on Robert Haig. Robert Haig isn't the reason for all the defensive issues. Like I said, he's off the ice, and there are still guys just springing open out of nowhere. But, man, it seems like when he touches the puck, it's a fucking turnover. Uh, I just, I, man, disappointed in his effort tonight. Um, but don't want to, like, I, I hate beating up on the guy I believe is the worst player on the team. Because what's the point? He is what I think he is. Um, a lot of generic thoughts on this game. It's more big picture stuff. So let me get to you. This show isn't about me rambling, uh, you know, for an hour. It's about all your comments. So with that, let's turn it over to all of you. I'm going to scroll up a little, get some of the older comments, and then we can make our way down. Uh, Haig just icing pucks with absolutely no pressure every game. Yeah, man, he's just a... Uh, and, like, those are turnovers. We can talk about how bad a turnover at the blue line is when Jake's trying to, you know, force his own entry. But that's trying to make a play. When you just ice the fucking puck, man, like... Uh, yeah, ugly. The second goal against was such a bad line change. I feel like they get caught in line changes a lot. I know it's, you know, second period, you know, the long change, but it, it, it definitely contributes to the fact that there's always somebody open. 
all teams look up and down. They do, certainly, especially at this point in the season when it's early and teams are still figuring things out. Look at Colorado, who I thought was the best team in the league coming into this season. I still think that, but look how the, look at how they've played throughout the first part here, and it's not like they've been setting the world on fire. So, Hey, a Devils game that wasn't completely boring. Yeah, as you can see, I'm here. It's not even Craig doing post-game. I guess that speaks to at least the, uh, the quality of the game, if not the quality of the 60-minute effort. Ghost was better than Gus. That is progress. Yeah, if... Ghosts, I thought there was more good than bad tonight, and I thought it was a very good uh, very good start for Shane Gostas Bear. Something to build on. Now, we've seen this before. We've seen him re-enter the lineup, come back from an injury, come back from a benching, and look like, okay, that's solid. He definitely belongs in the lineup. Now, let's go from here and see if he can become dynamic again. And then there's always the step back, the, oh, that wasn't so great, and, oh, that was bad, and then he's out of the lineup. I hope he gets a consistent opportunity, and I hope he takes advantage of that opportunity. I, for the most part, liked what I saw tonight, uh, made some good passes, um, uh, some good breakout passes, which have been uh, very badly missing from this lineup. That's a skill of his that I think they can really utilize and take advantage of. Um, couple of turnovers, but what I like, they, they, they emphasized the one. They demonstrated the one uh, during during an intermission where he turned, got in a little bit of trouble, turned it over, but then immediately got back and nullified the opportunity, and that's the kind of risk-reward stuff I'm looking for with Ghost. He's going to turn it over. He's a guy who's going to have the puck on his stick, which means he's going to turn it over. The hope is just that he can make up for it, and that's what I liked. That might be what I liked the most out of Ghost tonight. Saw it maybe two times, uh, potentially three. Um, but uh, for the most part, really liked what I saw out of Gostas Bear. Tonight, he absolutely has a place in this lineup among the six defensemen who start every night. I don't even think that's a question at this point. As for Eric Gustafson, I would have liked to see him uh, be given the opportunity to play himself out of uh, his early season issues and maybe show us a little more of the offensive upside that offsets his defensive liability. But they needed to win tonight. You, you can only hope for somebody to turn it around for so long. Inconsistent, wouldn't say a great game by any stretch, uh, but definitely an improvement over what we'd seen the previous few games. Without a doubt, man, without a doubt. Um, they... And again, no one controls play for 60 minutes, and you can't let leads slip away. That said, I like the way they responded. Would like to see a little bit more, um, like, responding to individual individual victories. Like, fourth line wins a shift, get a shot, get a scoring chance, lay a hit, cause a turnover. They did it twice in the third period, and the next shift, the Devils came out and took control back. And I just want to see, like, a building from line to line. Uh, you know, to really, really be able to put games away is it would be huge. This team should be able to put a stranglehold on leads. I know the guys playing defense aren't the best group of six defensemen in the league. I know without Sean Couturier, it is a tough task to check for 60 minutes against the other team. But you get up 2-0 on the Devils, a team you are very much better than, it shouldn't come down to a goalie pull. Unless it's like one of those desperation, you're down three with five minutes left and they fucking pull the goalie, you know? Sure, okay, something like that. But it, 
I wanted a stomping tonight. That's really... My disappointment lies in the fact that I wanted them to just fucking stomp them tonight. And that's not what we got. Lots of weak plays in the D zone. Too many passes to open ice, hoping nothing bad happens. Yeah, just too many flip passes that get cut off. Too many uh, area passes. And I thought uh, th there was once or twice in the third period they had the breakout... And then they tried to make an extra pass in the neutral zone. One of them was a drop pass. I believe it was Nolan Patrick, like, left the puck, and then someone had to win a race. Man, let's not do that. Uh, if you get the opportunity to make a play, go for it. I'm always for someone making, uh, trying to go for the kill, trying to go for a huge play. But, like, when you are three steps out of the defensive zone and you leave a puck, and all of a sudden it's a scramble for your guy who you left it for because he's neck and neck with his defender to get there and it not be now all of a sudden an odd man rush the other way. You just got to be smarter than that. Um, and I'm not, like, singling out Patrick. It's just a play I saw, like, a little more simplistic on your side of the red line and a little more aggressive on their side of the red line is what I'd like to see. Uh, Ghost did great. Do you think Gus will stay scratched for the foreseeable future? I don't know. Uh, it's tough to break up a winning lineup. That said, like, did Mark Friedman show you anything? I guess when we're talking about... Man, this is still glitchy. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I guess when we're talking about Gustafson, it's not like, did Friedman show you anything? Eh. But when Gustafson is making big mistakes night in and night, night out... Eh is kind of, okay, we can live with eh. That said, like, with Robert Haig, um, would not be surprised if he's not in the lineup at some point soon. Yeah, I realize the connection's bad, guys. I'm trying to get through it. Yeah, Ghost, I thought Ghost played well. That's this, uh, for, uh, this comment here. Ghost is frustrating, great in the O zone, some really nice plays leaving the D zone, and then turned over a few. And he's going to turn over a few. Uh, that's going to happen. But... It's, I like that he made up for a couple of his, his lapses. And if he's giving you if he's giving you a plus play at one end and even or just neutral play at the other, like that means it's a positive. And what I saw tonight was a positive. Faceoffs, why do they suck now? Yeah, that's been a, that's been a question for me a lot this season. Like Hayes wasn't the best on faceoffs last year. Like their their dominant numbers are so much to that. The other guys break even, and Couturier and Giroux were at fifty five percent and just dominate. Um, what were they tonight? What was the uh, overall here? Fifty two forty eight. I mean, they won, but you'd like to see. You'd like to see a better number than that. Like, Kevin Hayes, 33%. Patrick, below 50. Uh, and that's really, you know, other guys who had a few. Uh, TK, I guess he was like one for two, probably. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been kind of a question that the thing that they've been absolutely best at for the last few years has been a little bit of a question mark. Faceoffs have been the thing they do better than anything else for several seasons now. I mean, they were dominant last year, but they've been good, uh, you know, in the top five uh, in previous seasons as well. And it's been a little bit of a question mark to get things started here. Uh, Nolan looked great tonight. Liked what I saw from Nolan. A little up and down. Uh, a couple and eh, plays, but uh, obviously gets the goal. I was freaking... Should have shot that puck right away, but, you know... <laughs> All turned out well. He gets the ends up getting the goal anyway. Uh, nice feed from G there. Um, 
you know, Nolan, Limblom, I think these guys are going to have, especially here in the early going, they're going to hit walls, they're going to bounce back, and it's all about that bounce back. It's going to be tough for them. They haven't played a ton of hockey. First couple games of the season, you got that rocket up your ass. It's all adrenaline. You're just, you're not feeling it out there. Your legs are heavy as hell, and you couldn't, you couldn't tell the difference. And then the grind of the season starts kicking in, and it's already, I think, starting to, uh, starting to hit them a little, but it's nice to see them uh, get on the other side of that, and that's what they're going to have to deal with, especially as they get their legs back under them after not playing for so long. Haig has looked worse than ever to start the year. That's, um, yeah, yeah. I would say this is like the most noticeably bad Haig has been. On the good side, JVR is en fuego. And remember, yes, that's that's a great way to put it. JVR is on fire. Remember, JVR is not going to score 55 goals. He's going to have a slump. Just remember that when he come like when he's in that slump, and we will absolutely like if he's in a slump, we will have a worse power play, and we will criticize him, and we will criticize the power play. But just remember that when he's going well, this is his upside. And it's enough to carry the team for a week, you know? So it's, you take the good with the bad with, with JVR. If he was better, he'd make $10 million and he wouldn't be a flyer. Yes, I would love a, a dude who just fucking rips one-timers and creates his own chances and scores 55 goals. Those guys are really hard to come by. They barely exist at all. Um, JVR is what he is. We, he frustrates us, but also he can be pretty damn good. Do you think Patrick and G will stick together after the production tonight? I like the, uh, I like those two together. I think it's a good pairing. A couple of guys who offensively gifted and give you, maybe they're not like the best defensive players, but give you an honest effort on defense and together, like I think could be a good two-way duo uh, with another winger. Ghost played 21-57. Is that what he was on? Is that what he did tonight? Where are you at, Ghost boy? Yeah, 21-57. Provorov, another 27-minute game, 27-43. Yeah, I mean, when you have Braun, Haig, and Friedman all in the lineup, you're going to lean on your top guys. Like, Friedman, 12-44. Haig, 16-53. Braun, 15-57. Like, none of them played 17 minutes. And you're leaning on the top guys here. I mean... Uh, Provorov, three points on the night, goal and two assists in 27-43. Uh, someone said Gostas Bear needs more power play time. I agree. Um, but, man, as as ugly as Provorov looks on the power play sometimes, he does produce. I, If Gus was actually another ghost, this team would be a lot better off. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. To start the season, the, uh, the Gus-Ghost comparisons have been uh, quite... They've been quite generous to Eric Gustafson. I'm not saying he can't turn it around. I expect him to, at some point, uh, contribute enough offensively, at least for a stretch of games, that it looks like maybe he's not a disaster. But so far, uh, yeah, it was a little generous to even compare him to Ghost. Hopefully Ghost doesn't come out next game and play like dog shit. Hopefully, and hopefully if he does, he's given another opportunity to look more like himself that has been an issue uh with him as well the cons the inconsistency of opportunity i like giving guys who i believe in the opportunity to uh to play themselves out uh of a bad game out of a bad out of a bad slump out of a bad stretch 
But, you know, it's his own doing as well. He's had new coaching staffs, different coaching staffs, and hasn't initially ingratiated himself to them, looked like the player we all think he can be, and that has led to, you know, him missing large chunks of games. I really want to see him just come out and be not even first three. I mean, if he's first three years in the league, Gostas Bear, he can play with Provorov, and that will be awesome. Um, but I just hope he can find some level of consistency so he can keep his ice time, uh, so he can, so he can keep the coach confident in him. Forecheck was a lot better tonight. I thought so too. They created some turnovers, um, a little more physical behind the net, uh, turnovers behind the net and at the top of the slot are what this team feasted on to create offense last year. And... Uh, getting back to that game is what's going to really unlock this offense. Beer of the night. Uh, we've got, this is from Bonesaw. They're a New Jersey brewery. They're in Glassboro, New Jersey. And this is called Swoosh. It's, uh, what are they called? It's a West Coast meets East Coast IPA. Uh, it's actually the IPA formerly known as Swoosh. Uh, it's, I think it's one of their best beers. Big fan of Bonesaw. And this is... Uh, they've had some impending storm was their absolute best, and I fucking loved it, but they don't make it anymore. Um, they have a good sour called Blue Hearts, uh, but this at 7.1% is pretty damn tasty. They are not a sponsor, but someone asked what I'm drinking tonight. Should Brian Elliott start Thursday? No. Um, glad we got that question, something I wanted to tackle. Love Moose, love him in a tandem, love him as a backup. You play him too much, suddenly he ain't going to be available at all. Maybe to start this season, you use him a little more uh, as, as Hart finds his game and he's feeling good and healthy. Uh, Elliot, that is, is feeling good and healthy. But no, I'd go back to uh, how long you want Hart to sit. I know there's going to be plenty of opportunities to get him back and get him back in his correct role, but I don't want Carter Hart sitting the bench. Uh, I know winning is important. But I think, like, he has a bad game. He has a bad stretch of games. He'll still be fine. If we are to be a legit contender, uh, if we are to be the legit contender we can be, expectations are to build on tonight's positives and steamroll Devils Thursday. Anything less will be disappointment. Coots uh, Myers be damned. And, yeah, um, I would expect a final score, perhaps similar to tonight, uh, but a little bit different of a game script. Uh, don't blow a two-goal lead. Don't let it come down to a goalie pull at the end. Like a 4-2, 5-2 win is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, every time they play the fucking Devils, honestly. But yes, absolutely build on tonight and really try to get some momentum going. Patrick at 2C for the rest of the year when Coots returns. I think we're... Uh, like, when we talk about this team's second and third line, like the numbers... You know, even Couturier, because Couturier is the 1C because he matches up with uh, the, the other team's best line and will have the most ice time at the end of the night. But when you have what they have down the middle, like, I don't think the 2 and 3 and even sometimes the 4, depending on how you juggle based on who's playing well, like, it, that's the strength of this team. Patrick at 2C for the rest of the year? Yeah, sure. Like, he's going to be one of the two or th three top centers and, like, how little ice time do you want to give Kevin Hayes? I think it's got to be pretty even between those two, and that's a good thing. But, yeah, if you want to call him the 2C, 
Way to go, Dolan Patrick. You're the 2C. The next player who gets a hat trick, the bench should all throw their helmets on the ice. I wonder, like, would a would a referee take exception to that? Would, like, another team... I don't give a fuck. Like, I think that's a good idea. I think that'd be cool. Um, but I wonder if, like, an opponent would take, an, would take exception... Um, or a referee would give you a delay a game or something, I wonder. Uh, but I like it. I know we're a Flyers-only show, but our, uh, but what are your thoughts on Line A coming uh, coming to the East? Should we be worrying about Columbus now? No, because like, they lost Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, I think <laughs> I like Line A a lot, but I'll always take, I'll always take a top-end center... Um, over a scoring winger. Now, if line A turns into the Alex Ovechkin-type scorer we think he can be, that's a different story. But so far to this so far to this point in his career, like, he's not that. Uh, he very well could be. He could turn into that. He could develop into it. But he hasn't been so far. Um, maybe with Torts' coach, he'll become a stronger two-way player and therefore a more impactful player overall and still put up good uh, good offensive numbers. But, like, Columbus just getting him doesn't make me worry about Columbus, no. Ghost was upper 76% expected goals tonight. And, yeah, that speaks to he gives you plus on the offensive end. And when he's on his game, he can make up for even the turnovers and things, uh, a mistaken pass, uh, skating himself into a little bit of a corner or something. And, and he did that tonight, and I was very impressed with it. Call me... What'd that say there? Call me crazy, uh, but NAK looks disinterested out there. I want to see him get more engaged. I mean... I don't know about that. I do think, like... Okay, I'll give you... Since the fine for the punch in the face... He hasn't been the same guy, but I saw plenty of plays tonight where he was being disruptive, that line was being destructive, and it was uh, resulting in some chances, uh, resulting in some opportunities, creating some turnovers. Um, NAK is a nice player to have on your fourth line, but I don't expect him to be like one of the three most impactful forwards every night. He's got a role to play. He's got to go out there and be physical, and he's going to take some penalties because of it. He's going to be noticeable, uh, but like... I. If we're depending on NAK to get and get to get like oh we need to be drugged into the fight by Nicholas Albe Q Bell, then we are fucked. Problem is who is their one C? Any team loses a Sean Couturier, like they're gonna be missing something in their lineup. Now, this team's strength was supposed to be its depth. Of course, they lose Morgan Frost immediately, so that you know eats right into their center depth. Uh, you know with with Couturier and then him out. But any team loses the guy whose job it is to score 70 points and match up against the other team's top line, like, it's going to be tough to fill that hole. It's really hard to do what Sean Couturier does. Like, that's why there's a whole fucking trophy for just this role. Like, oh, yeah, you're not the highest scorer in the league, but you might impact the game just as much as those guys. You know, it's tough to do. Now, that said... They can't use this as an excuse. There ain't, there are no excuses. This is supposed to be a good deep team. They're supposed to win a ton of games. But when you say problem is who is their 1C, it's like, well, we know who he is, and he has a broken fucking rib. Hart playing more games makes him better. It'll pay off. Absolutely. Uh, I think 
there are opportunities to take advantage of Brian Elliott while he's healthy, uh, and the team seems to really like him, and they play hard in front of him. Um, <laughs> defensive effort tonight notwithstanding. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Carter Hart needs to play a majority of these games, and a lot, like a strong majority, you know? Uh, but I do think there might be some opportunity to get Elliott in more early this season. That said, it needs to be Hart's net, and by the time the playoffs roll around, it will be Carter Hart's net. Box score says six giveaways. I saw double that. I mean, meh. Yeah, they, they, they had some giveaways tonight. My thing is, like, a dump-in is a giveaway to me. You can go and retrieve it, win a battle, and then everything, but you still have to go get it. You had possession, and now you don't. And, like, I, I, I enjoy the NHL's... Uh, some of their counting stats are good. Their time on ice seems right, uh, things like that. But for the real-time stats, the hits, the blocks giveaways, etc. I, that shit, like, I, I don't know who's keeping track of it, but it's subjective to say the least. Heavy hitter Haig, need a big body out there that isn't brawn. I, I, yeah, big body standing still, like, I'm like this close to thinking maybe Sam Moran needs to play. I really, like, if you're gonna have a liability out there, let it be someone who actually fucks somebody up. I can't, Someone tweeted me tonight, and at first I was like, yeah, all right. And then I really thought of it, and it was like, Sam Moran not having played in like two years has to be better than Robert Haig. And I was like, yeah, okay, probably not. And now I'm like, what's he going to be, worse? But when they win, I don't want to spend time bashing the guys. You already know how I feel about them. I don't want Robert Haig in this lineup, but he's in the lineup. If that's my biggest problem... We can live with it. Everyone else has to be better. And when the when they're depleted like this, it's tough. You know, no Phil Myers. It's, it makes it tougher to take veterans out. I get it. Don't love him. Wish he would come out of the lineup. I get why he's in there. Bill, what do you think of the Keith Yandel slash Flyers rumors, rumors that resurfaced again? I don't know if it makes sense. Uh, like, as a player, I wouldn't mind him. But when you look at the contract, when you look at where does he really fit... How will it affect the um, how will it affect the expansion draft, which you still have to worry about? And now, listen, I want I, I want to win the cup this year, and if they lose whoever in the expansion draft, so be it. But like the general manager of the team probably shouldn't think that way. I think there's definitely an opportunity to go for it, go go make a move, bring in somebody, as we've seen. Uh, teams are willing to make moves, and we saw a Canada to U.S. trade, so even the border restrictions aren't going to stop GMs from making moves, so there's no none of that uh, hesitation that we thought we might see uh, when we talked about the potential for trades this season uh, amongst the GMs and with all the COVID restrictions and everything. So that's good. We know that moves are possible. Uh, but like, yeah, when you look at the big picture with Yandel, I don't know if it's good. Like, I don't know if that's a good idea. It doesn't seem like it. Nolan Patrick uh, makes some very nifty passes between his legs and other creative ways. Why does it seem like the other players are never re never ready for those passes? Well, sometimes I think it's an extra pass uh, that maybe doesn't need to be made. And Nolan Patrick has played, what, what are we on, game seven? Like, Nolan Patrick has played seven games since April 2019, which is like 100 years ago in real time. Uh, so, I think he can 
build up the chemistry. I think having him out there with a guy like Giroux, who thinks the game a little more creatively than some other uh, than some of the other wingers on this team, um, could they could build some chemistry and make some real nifty plays like we saw tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's the early season and it's real early for Nolan Patrick. Ghost outlet passes out of the zone help tonight. One hundred percent, they did. Yeah, that's uh, for a for a team that was really struggling with outlet passes. At least for tonight, it seemed like he brought that element that they'd been trying for and were just getting shut down. Like watching, I didn't um, I didn't do the post game on Saturday. Thank freaking God, Craig filled in for me. Uh, glad I didn't have to watch that as it happened. But it just seemed like in the early going, they were really relying on the big play. And even in the games they won. Uh, but they were getting like outshot tremendously and everything. It really seemed like this team was so dependent on the big play, they just couldn't, like, all right. It, it, was, like watching, it was like watching a football team where the defense has made adjustments. We're not going to give you the big play. We got two guys over the top. We got two safeties back. You ain't running behind us. Um, and then watching a team... Be like, we're not going to just take the eight yards. We're going to still keep going deep. And it was like, well, this is why you're turning it over nine times a period. Uh, and it, ghosts seemed to uh, provide that element that had been um, a shortcoming in the early going here. Uh, as we should have a decent window, do you think we have uh, held off acquiring a legit top four D-man because of, dis- uh, because of strategic concerns of the expansion draft? Um... I think the expansion draft comes into play, like I was just saying. But this team also, if that's the only reason, and like there's a million reasons, flat cap, bringing along young guys who've been blocked before and all this, uh, there are reasons to be hesitant. But also, this team has a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup this year. Am I saying they're the favorite? Am I saying they should? No, because like, when does the favorite even win? Fucking Tampa Bay wins a million games and gets swept in the first round. You know, they come back and win the next year. But, like, shit happens. But they should be going for it. Should they be trade everything, give it all up, let's just go out and be like those uh, those Red Wings teams that brought in every veteran? No. If there is something that doesn't fuck up the whole roster... They need to do it because this team has a legitimate chance. Uh, what about Tyson Barry, right-hand shot uh, with a one year? Yeah, yeah, I, that's more along the lines. I would like I would like to see a rental, really. Someone whose contract expires prior to the expansion draft. I'm glad they haven't moved G back to center yet. Uh, it takes a disciplined coach, and I think... Having G on the ice with another center, one, you have two face-off options, and I think that's huge. Two, it gives you another, it gives you a winger who thinks the game like a center, um, and it's a support system. It, it, you're going to be a better two-way team if you have G with a center on the ice. I think Elaine Vigneault sees this team is better, and Claude Giroux is better at wing, and... I'm not saying it won't happen because, fuck, they're already down two centers. You know, at a certain point, he's going to be better than Andy Andrioff or whoever. But, like, I think Elaine Vigneault realizes how best to utilize Claude Giroux. Good to see the power play get some momentum. Yeah, it was nice to see them score early. Obviously, you're not going to go five for five. Um, But 
still, like, when they have a bad one, it seems to stick with them and teams just take advantage. Um, the power play scores too early, and then suddenly the Devils just get one kill, and they it's like they hit a power-up. Like, oh, here we come! And, you know, you always think, especially against the Devils, like, Flyers have what it takes to get the momentum back. But when you see them sustain it off things, you wonder, like I, like I talked about earlier, you just wonder, why can't the Flyers, like, you know, they have a good penalty kill and then nothing. Uh, the fourth line has a great shift, and then, like, they lose the next two shifts uh, when the fourth line comes off the ice, and it's like, <sighs> carryover. Why isn't there carryover? PP was simple and just shoots the puck. It works, yes, and to that point, there was a later power play that the Flyers got good. They didn't score, but they got a ton of good looks. They got some good pressure, got some created some chances. And the shooting mentality backed off the defense so that they could suddenly start using some more cross-ice passes and stuff. And when this power play is going across the ice, that's when they're at their best. We have D-men coming, York, Zamula, and the St. Ivany guy. Yeah, sure. Um, and But as we know, like... You know, remember when we had Ghost and Moran and Haig coming? Like, Provorov paid off, sure. You know, but Sanheim, he looks nice, but has he met your expectations yet? I'm not saying he won't. Like, defense just kind of usually takes a little longer. Um, Myers, obviously undrafted guy, didn't have the pedigree, but we had high hopes. And he's been good, but wouldn't say he's been awesome. Uh, just remember, prospects are prospects, and... Alexander Daig was supposed to... It was supposed to be Lindros and Daig, the next fucking superstars. Prospects don't always live up to the billing. You know, there was a debate. Should it be Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf? One of them was one of the best ever. One of them was a criminal. <laughs> like, it, uh... And, like, Ryan... Um, I don't want to get into a whole thing on that. I, I didn't even mean to disparage him like that. Dude has seemed to have turned his life around, etc. I'm just saying, like... I'm not saying fucking Igor Zamula is going to be a criminal. I'm just saying, like, you know, prospects are prospects. I'm not depending on them. Um, it'll be nice when they get here. Hopefully they make an impact. Hopefully they're fucking all superstars. But maybe they're a couple, maybe two of them don't turn out at all and one of them's just okay. You know, that's very much a non-zero possibility. Uh, all right. I'm pretty caught up in the comments here. Let's wait for a few more. Did I miss any? Wow, we're really going to reconsider protecting JVR in the expansion draft. Great to see the confidence he is playing with. Um, I don't think I would reconsider protecting him. His contract is its own protection, and if they do take him, it protects some younger guys and allows you more cap flexibility to go out and do something else. You know, there's always, you can always get a replacement. And I'm one of the biggest JVR defenders. Um, I recognize the holes in his game and everything. I just think he deserves defending sometimes to some of the unfair criticism. That doesn't mean I won't criticize him. But at this point, even, because, like, here's the thing. Him playing like this, him scoring these goals, doesn't change my perception of him because this is who I think he is. He is a guy who gets hot and scores a ton of goals and improves your power play more than most guys in the league can. But he's also a guy, like I said earlier, who is going to slump this season. There is going to be a time when I come on here and 50% of the comments are like, 
fucking JVR can't do shit out there. He hasn't scored a goal in six games. Like, that's gonna happen. So my opinion of him stays steady because I expect these things out of him. I look at JVR, like I always say power plays are like power hitters in baseball. When it's going right, they're carrying you. And when it's going bad, it's Ryan Howard swinging at a slider in the dirt. And it looks like he's never looked at a fucking baseball before. But when he's good, he's one of the best. Uh, JVR, when he's going right, is scoring a ton of goals. And when he's going wrong, you're like, why isn't he scoring goals? So my opinion of him doesn't change based on the hot streaks. Because I expect them. And then I expect cold ones. Hoping to see a more physical presence from Hayes in the coming games, honestly. Yeah, Hayes has, uh, he's had his ups and downs so far to start the season. I've just seen too many plays, um, and physical presence is a way to put it. Uh, another way to put it is moving his fucking feet. I've just seen too many times where he's gliding, coasting back on a, uh, on a rush, um, trailing a trailer too far, not catching up, um... I think he'll turn it around because I think he's a good player, but everyone likes Kevin Hayes, so they don't really want to criticize him all that much. He's a fun guy, uh, but I've been a little disappointed in Kevin Hayes to start the year so far. Flyers not playing up to their potential aside. I miss this show, and I'm glad hockey is back. Have a good one, Bill. All right, you're out. That means I'm going to be out. Oh, we're at 45 minutes. I'm going to be done soon, too, but uh, I think it's not good that they haven't played to their potential yet, but I think... One, the fact that we have these high expectations and they've won more than they've lost and we're still like, eh, have they started shitty? Like, I think that's good for the overall um, for the overall outlook of this team because we see more. We see the ability. They're winning games for the most part, but we're still seeing the ability for them to be a lot better. Uh, and that's important because, you know, you don't want to peak early either. I, I said this in a post game a couple of games ago. How many Flyers teams from when, at least when I was young, I don't know how old everyone in, in this chat is, it's Twitch, so everyone here might be 11, uh, but, like, how many Flyers teams from when I was young looked like the shit in October, November, maybe December, and then, like, oh, yeah, they're limping into the playoffs. They're not as good as their record. Like, so, there's a, there's a give and take here. Like, they shouldn't be on top, at the very tip top of their game to start the season, like... There's a lot of things going on, and looking around the league, a lot of teams aren't at the top of their game. It's understandable, but, uh, you know, I would like to see them start having more consistent efforts. And when I say effort, I don't mean, like, how hard they're skating, although, like I said, I think some guys could could use a little kick in the, kick in the ass here. Um, I just mean, like, the consistency with which they execute and just how they look night to night. Even if they lose, because they're going to lose. 82-game season, 56-game season, whatever it is, nobody wins them all. But even when they lose, like, I don't know, maybe don't get blown the fuck out. That would be nice, right? So, uh, there's room to improve, but overall, not bad. And not bad is a good start. And that's where I'm going to leave you for the evening. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. Perhaps still not on Google Play, but everywhere else where there are podcasts. Uh, you can search Broad Street Hockey and boom, content delivered to you daily. These uh, post games get posted by, you know, the next day, usually around midnight or whatever. 
we have Fly Perbole, obviously, BSH Radio, the flagship show, which we will be recording a new episode tomorrow. So you can look forward to that sometime between tomorrow and Thursday. Um, we have the forecast. We have checking out the competition. So much content. You don't need to go anywhere else other than the Broad Street Hockey podcast feed. Uh, BroadStreetHockey.com carries all of our stuff as well. So check us out there. Uh, that's it. My name is Bill Matz. Um, have a great week, everybody. See you Thursday.